the kitchen floor was dark red shag carpeting. The kitchen floor. Kitchen floor. Take it to as dirty as your mind can imagine and multiply by a hundred. I'm Steven Tyler, and this is No Indie. Each week on the show, I share a conversation with one of the good people doing their best right here in Indianapolis. This is episode five, and today's guest is the founder of Destination Fall Creek, Doug Day. As usual, the conversation is split into two episodes. This is part one, and the conclusion to this interview, episode six, will be available in your feed next Thursday morning. Thank you for listening. Here is part one of my conversation with... Doug Day. For myself and for listeners, can you just give a little background on yourself and who you are and what you've done and what you do now? How long have you got? As long as, long <laughs> as you want. Um, I'm 68 years old. Okay. I was born here in Indianapolis. Well, but, what neighborhood? Um, just north of Route 100 which is now called 86th Street. Okay. <laughs> Just east of Meridian on Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, my parents had moved there uh, to, so I could go to a good school. It was called North Central High School. Hmm. And it was an excellent school. I really felt it was a very good base for my education. Um, then I went to Purdue okay. as an engineer, got an engineering degree. Went to work for the uh, United States Air Force as a civilian. Okay. Great job. Worked on very many interesting programs, one of which was the early days of what's now called drones. The okay. early days of RPVs. Um, first used uh, in the military as targets for fighter pilots. Uh-huh. Um, and while I was there, I got a master's degree in engineering, which really helped in my career of selling tools. Mm-hmm. for these kind of things. Yeah. I I could understand the technology well enough to know whether the customer needed us or not. Um, so the technology helped. So then um, in 1980, um, had the opportunity to uh, to go back and get my uh, MBA. Okay. Um, and had the good fortune to get admitted to uh, Harvard Business School. So I went Do you have back. the tie? Yes, I have the tie. (laughs) I I have the mug. Um, So I uh, got my MBA in 82 and uh, sort of launched off. Really, that's when I consider my career in the uh, fine art of sales and marketing of high technology tools worldwide. Uh, And it was was really a lot of fun. Uh, Ended up um, mostly on the East Coast, mostly 25 years in the Boston area. And... Uh, went through, frankly, a very painful divorce. Mm. Ended up moving back to uh, Indianapolis. My brother lives here. And came back here and went, Mitch Daniels. Boy, that name is familiar. My last name is Day. And we used to do homeroom class based on the alphabet. So I get (laughs) back here and he and I were in the same homeroom, not just in the same graduating class in North Central, but the same homeroom class at North Central High School. <laughs> so in our 40th high school reunion was at the governor's mansion. Thank you. Ooh, <laughs> nice. So anyway, that's a short version of, uh, of kind of what I did. I have four children uh, and a total of eight grandchildren. 
And now you are highly active in the community. Highly active in the community. The way that came about is 14 years ago, I, as I say, I moved back here and I bought a house in Mapleton Fall Creek. It was an absolute train wreck. Mm. I mean, 100 and 100 year old house that, um, oh my gosh, it needed so much work. But the idea is that uh, I would um, fix it up and sell it. Mm -hmm. um, just to give you an example, the kitchen floor was dark red shag carpeting. The kitchen floor. Kitchen floor. Take it to as dirty as your mind can imagine and multiply by a hundred. <sighs> it was scary. You know, I threw up when I walked in there. I threw up. <laughs> um, it was so fixed up the house. Oh, what? How did sure. you? How did you push yourself to buy that? Um, you threw up in the house and you saw the shag carpet and you still chose to purchase. The woodwork. Oh. The, the woodwork. <laughs> 100-year-old um, oak. So I uh, spent a year fixing it up. And uh, in that year, uh, met a lot of my neighbors. Mm -hmm. um, became, you know, I went to a neighborhood picnic and uh, the head of the neighborhood association uh, and I had a conversation and she said, uh, you should be on the board of the neighborhood association. And I said, okay. And so I was on the board. And then the next year I was president of the neighborhood association and just sort of grew from there. Through that all, while I was president of the neighborhood association, uh, we discovered that one of our neighbors was raising pit bulls for fighting. Mm. If there's anything that just drives me crazy, it's pit bull fighting, dog mm. fighting. Mm. And so I decided I was going to do whatever I could to make that stop. And we did. Mm. Long story short, we did. Uh, it was one of the things that uh, I was really kind of proud of, that where you make a real impact. And I've since run into the gentleman that was raising the pit bulls for mm. fighting. His life has changed. Wow. Changed completely. What, uh, what course of action did you take to, to stop it? I created a committee to stop it, I, you know, mostly everybody in the neighborhood was against this pretty easy. Mm -hmm. He also had developed a reputation for doing other bad things. Mm -hmm. He would take his gun out into the side yard and shoot it up in the air and shoot it into the ground. And he did other bad things. So, so I got uh, animal care and control, mm -hmm. got to know everybody in animal care and control. Mm -hmm. And they all told me until there's blood, that is until somebody's been hurt or killed or another dog been killed. You can't do anything. And I said, well, I don't accept that. Mm. I, uh, you know, I want to be a little more proactive. We had actually had about a dozen incidents where lives were endangered. Nobody mm. was hurt, mm -hmm. but lives were endangered. Um, one of my favorite stories is a young lady was walking down the street with a, a carriage and a baby and their little dog. And uh, Hannibal was the name of the stud, uh, came running down the driveway and a car happened to be driving along at that time, saw what was about to happen and got between Hannibal and the young lady with the carriage. Oh, wow. And then Hannibal would go back and he'd back his car up. He'd go forward and he'd back. And finally <laughs> Hannibal lost interest and, and went away. But at least saved the dog, yeah. if not the baby, yeah. if not the young lady. Um, by the way, that young lady happens to be Anna Gremling, who's head of MPO at this stage in the city. So <laughs> now she was a neighbor and, and, a, and is a dear friend. So wow. anyway, a lot of stories like that, that we eventually got animal care and control to come take the dogs. I mean, in 
2011, there were a dozen murders mm. in the Mid-North. That's mm. a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. We had a uh, drug gang called the Buddha Boys. Um, the Buddha Boys uh, were three blocks from where I lived, mm. which I didn't know when I bought the house, right? Yeah. Um, the Buddha Boys had been in business so long, there were father-son combinations wow. in the gang. They ran drugs in my neighborhood. And uh, I, got, I got to know, one of the things that I found in being a neighborhood activist is get to know everybody. Mm -hmm. Be willing to talk to anybody at any time about anything. Um, and I had gotten to know a guy named Tom Koppel, who was head of the North District Police Force. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, Tom, we got to get rid of the Buna Boys. We just got to get rid He said, you know, we kind of like knowing where the drug gangs are. I said, yeah, I kind of like knowing it too, as long as they're not in my neighborhood. Right. <laughs> so finally there was a murder that just even put them over the top. So they put an informant in the gang and then they brought them all down. 30 people were arrested. It was a, it was a big story. And I had Tom down to my house. I had the Christmas party at my house and had Tom down to publicly thank him mm. because that was big turning point in the neighborhood. When is, was this? Just a test. Um, yeah. Seven years ago. Okay. Seven years ago. Wow. Yeah. So, so back to the storyline. Okay, sorry. I, um, President of the Neighborhood Association, uh, Jackie Needis, who was, is now head of the Indianapolis Public Library and at the time was on the city council and at the time was head of the Mapleton Fall Creek Development Corporation, mm -hmm. asked me to be on the board of the Development Corporation. And like, you know, it was a very successful development corporation. She had turned it around and uh, a couple million dollar a year budget, rough numbers. And the idea with development corporations is to help neighborhoods be better. Okay. Uh, at the same time, there was a, a local initiative support corporation or LISC uh, started a um, equality of life program. And sometimes the results are quite predictable. Uh, crime and safety, mm -hmm. <laughs> an obvious action mm -hmm. team that you'd want to support. Education, improving education so you did get the donut hole back. In other words, we had old people, we had young people, we didn't have that in between with small kids. Mm -hmm. Well, to get that in between with small kids, you need quality education. Mm -hmm. So charter schools and all that stuff became a focus. Housing, bunch of other things. I decided that there was a better idea. And I started an initiative called Destination Fall Creek. The mission statement, which hasn't changed in seven years, is to transform Fall Creek into a recreational, residential, and commercial destination with access to art, nature, and beauty for every citizen every day. Target area initially was from Interstate 65, where Fall Creek goes under Interstate 65, up to the state fairgrounds, about 4.3 miles. Mm -hmm. You know, when you start an initiative, you gotta have a vision. You gotta have a vision that's bigger than anybody. I'll give you one example is uh, uh, Joe Jarzen of uh, Keep Indianapolis Beautiful mm -hmm. heard my presentation about my vision for Destination Fall Creek. He heard it and he said, that's terrific. You gotta come down and present to the staff of Keep Indianapolis Beautiful and I went, Oh, wow, I get to prevent, present to a staff meeting. Oh, boy, I can't hardly wait <laughs> to present 
<laughs> to a staff meeting. Um, so I went down there and they were great. Uh, there were about 20 people there. Yeah. And at the end, a guy I didn't know named Mark Adler stood up and said, you get over here. So I said, okay. <laughs> it turns out he's the guy that runs the Lily Day of Service. So for two years running, we had 3,000 Lily Day of Service people whacking invasives and generally mm -hmm. cleaning up along Fall Creek. Mm -hmm. You can't love what you can't see. And you can't love the beautiful historic bridges. You can't love the beautiful creek if you can't see it. Mm -hmm. Think about it. You can't love what you can't see. So we did a lot of that cleanup and people started to connect mentally to it. Destination Fall Creek has become my um, passion mm -hmm. and uh, I spend a lot of time each week. And it's, it's a labor of love because this, this uh, neighborhood activism thing, I, um, many friends of mine have said, Doug, Doug, you're not a neighborhood activist. You're a neighborhood doer. You get things done, mm. you know, so don't just call yourself an activist. So I said, okay. So often I'm asked the question, why does anybody listen to you? <laughs> you have no power. You have no authority. You're just, you're just a citizen. I am. I'm just a citizen. I'm just Doug Day, citizen of Indianapolis. And I find that people gravitate toward vision. People gravitate toward ideas. People gravitate toward forcefulness of personality. Yeah, why do people listen to me? They don't have to. They don't have to. They listen to me because they want to. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting dynamic. Interesting I mean, dynamic. I hear in that a lot of you're the neighborhood doer and not the neighborhood idea guy. You're both, right. but there comes so much. You say you don't have authority, but you do. You've built authority based on proof of action. Um, I'm curious because you are such a doer, how do you get other people from idea to actual action? Because people are really good at meeting and talking about things. People are so much less good at doing things. And you seem to have a skill of inspiring the people around you to get, get, get moving. Well, I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> um, so you find stuff that people naturally have passion for, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to try to generate that passion in them. And then um, uh, help. How can I help you make your passion come to reality? Um, uh, Jason Kazia, mm. also a Fall Creek place. Mm. Do you know him? I don't. Jason had this idea. Uh, if you walk on the Fall Creek Greenway between Delaware and Central, you'll see on the creek side um, plum trees. Oh. All kinds of plum trees. And you can walk along and you pick the fruit and eat it. It's mm. good. Built. Uh, maybe 20 years ago when they built that part of the trail. Hmm. Jason had the idea of making a community orchard, expanding hmm. on the plum trees, apples, pears, whatever. And uh, he went before, developed this idea, went before Keep Indianapolis Beautiful. We in Destination Fall Creek supported him, of course. Mm-hmm. Believe me, this is not about Destination Falkirk. This is about Jason 
his energy, his ideas. But I know a lot of people at mm. Keep Indianapolis Beautiful and having our support definitely helped him. So it's kind of this picking people, but also letting people with passion for different things achieve their the goals they want to achieve. Don't, mm. don't try to make them do something they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Try to help them do what they naturally want to do. And I've, I've had the good fortune to have a lot of people to work with who had passion for, for great things and, uh, and to work with, with them. So I, I would turn the focus away from me and towards the people that, of this great city that have passion to get a specific project done and say, let's go with that. Six years ago, we did a plan. Uh, and you need a plan. Mm-hmm. You need a plan. There were four focused initiatives in that plan. Okay. Of all of those, we're going to make those four things happen. Mm-hmm. One happened. Three either didn't happen or can't happen. My takeaway from that was it's sometimes kind of hard to predict what ideas will get traction and what ideas won't get traction. And I'm kind of now into reversing that. That is saying, if if it's got a champion, if it's a good viable idea and somebody has passion to make it happen, I'm in. Now I'd like to talk about my failures mm. or let me say the things that haven't happened yet. Okay. <laughs> um, my favorite is the rail yard. Uh, there is an abandoned Norfolk Southern rail yard that is bounded by the Monon, mm. Fall Creek, 38th Street, and Sutherland Avenue. Kind of a triangle-shaped piece, but mm-hmm. 26 acres of nothing. Absolutely nothing. And wow, I saw that as having so much potential. So my uh, my biggest current project is... Everybody tells me this is impossible, which is, of course, what gets me going is when people say, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) Now you have my full attention, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I believe in trying things. So right now I'm in the mode of trying things with this rail yard and we'll see if if we can be successful this time. For people listening to this, if they heard the idea of the rail yard right now and they were excited about that, is there anything that someone could go do? Like if, like, if I could have this piece, it would really help us move forward. Is there anything you want to ask of people listening right now? Yeah, if anybody is a developer okay. who is willing to to go into an area that isn't perfect, mm-hmm. that isn't a no-brainer, we're not talking caramel here. Mm-hmm. We're talking an area that is challenging in many ways. It's working with a railroad. Um, but this is 26 acres, the Coca-Cola plant. On, on Mass Avenue that they're redoing, mm-hmm. that's 11 acres, less than half the size of yeah. this. This is a big area that is also high, meaning uh, elevation is good. You'll be able to see a lot of things from any kind of multi-story uh, apartment building, say, or condos or whatever. And I am interested in talking with anybody, and we, and we currently are, by the way, to see what we can do to get traction on, on, on the rail yard. There's always someone who is a contrarian to what you're doing. And how do you think about building a neighborhood for everybody in spite of somebody? 
that is a great question. Um, and as you just said, it comes up over and over and over again because you you never find your situation yourself in a situation where everybody agrees on everything. Right. It, it just it just doesn't happen. And we've had numerous situations where um, we were going to do a, uh, um, I'll leave the names out. Uh, we were going to do a mural on a wall uh, at the Monon on Fall Creek Parkway. And so we had gone a long way. We'd gotten funding for it. It was going to be painted by Lily volunteers. Mm. And we were literally distributing flyers that showed what it was going to be. Mm -hmm. And we had a small group of people, handful of people that said, no, we don't want it. Mural means ghetto. I said, mural doesn't mean ghetto. Go tell the people in Carmel that. They got all kinds of murals along the Monon mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So, but be that as may, there are these contrarians. And um, one of them kept coming to meetings. At the, the mural never happened. Mm -hmm. Never happened. They managed to put the fear of God into Lily. And that's hard to do. And they backed out. And so, um, but this gentleman and his wife kept coming to meetings and he volunteered to do one of the uh, action areas of Destination Fall Creek. Hmm. Volunteered to lead it. Hmm. I said, wow, that is just great. And then he came down and he wrote a check for $5,000 and put his money where his mouth was, right? And then I had a conversation with him. I said, you will run into you in this new project you're uh -huh. working on. Yeah. You'll run into you. And I want you to know two things. Number one is Doug Day is much more mentally prepared for you to run into you. Because I really couldn't believe that anybody was going to be really against the mural. Yeah. It had never occurred to me. Right. Um, so you're going to run into you. And Doug Day is much more mentally prepared to run into you <laughs> on your project. And number two is we are not, we got your back. Mm. We are not going to quit. Mm -hmm. We're not going to quit halfway through when we've spent money and you're, you've got stuff going. We are not going to quit because you will run into people that will be against your project, but we're going to go with the 95%, not with the 2%. And uh, we will not turn our backs on you when you run into you. <laughs> so isn't it? And, and all of a sudden his, his eyes, oh, you go, Oh, okay. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I'm now much more prepared for, for that. It never occurred to me that that would happen, but, but it does, it does. And you've got to, uh, I had of the six people heavily involved, uh, five quit the project. Huh when that happened, because they said, you know, if we can allow one or two or three or four people to kill a project that everybody else is behind, yeah. I'm wasting my time. Mm. I said, well, and that was really sad for me because they were good people. They yeah. were really good people. I, one of the things somebody once told me, oh, Doug, you're tenacious. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of am, you know, I mean, I'm, I don't give up. I don't give up easily at all. So uh, it's, uh, 
you, you can't give up. That's the other thing is you, you've got to persevere. We are going to pause the conversation right here. The conclusion to my interview with Doug will show up in your feed next Thursday morning. If you like this episode, share on Twitter and tag at no indie show in your post. I'll pick someone at random and give that person one of the forthcoming No Indie t-shirts. Find me on the socials at No Indie Show and learn more at noindie.com. Thank you for listening.